Church, good morning online community. You know, everybody needs to have a dream or a goal or hope, a wish. It's got to be something out there that you're reaching for. Uh, yesterday, the Ohio State Buckeyes, OH, almost got beat by the Utah Utes. I don't know how that just about happened. We won by three points, but the Utah Utes had never been to the Rose Bowl before. But there was, and there was, there was someone on the team that was going to go to the NFL, and he said, I'm staying one more year because we are going to the Rose Bowl, and we are going to win the Rose Bowl. And man, they just about slayed a giant. It was amazing. Now, can you imagine if the commentator interviewed the coach before the game and said, so what is your goal to the Utah Utes? What is your goal for today? And the coach said, well, we don't really have a goal. We just kind of came. I mean, that would be a dud of an interview, right? And with that attitude, being goalless, dreamless, wishless, you will never, they would never have made it there. They didn't win, but if their goal wasn't to, in fact, uh, one of the uh, uh, commentators said that that, that uh, football player said, my goal is not to make it to the Rose Bowl, which is the first time in the history of that team. Our goal is to win the Super Bowl. Well, if their goal wasn't to win the Super Bowl, they probably wouldn't have even gotten to the, or to the, uh, the Rose Bowl. You have to have a dream. You have to have a desire. Now, many of you probably have New Year's resolutions. You have a dream or desire or something. I had a 10-pound friend move in over the year that, that took up residence right about here. And so uh, it's time for him to go. How many of you have something new, a dream, some, some, something you're going to do different, something you're believing for? I do. Yes. And here's the thing. God will help you reach that. God will help you reach your dream. He'll help you ring the bell. He loves you. He cares about every minute detail of your life. I mean, like my, my, my daughter and I, Bella, we're, we're parking lot prayers. We're parking spot players, prayers, parking spot prayers, right? And, and those, those that make fun of us for praying for parking spaces, they drive around while we park. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He cares about parking spaces. He cares about cancer. He cares about the lost. He cares about the found. God just cares about everybody. He'll, he'll help you fulfill your dreams. But I'm going to tell you what my calling is not. My calling is not to help you figure out how to get God to fulfill your personal dreams. That is not what I'm called to do. He will, but that's not my calling. My calling is to help you figure out how you can be a part of fulfilling God's dream. And the church just did a, I'm like a loud, amen. Oh man. I'm going to say it to you again. My calling is not to help you figure out how to get God to fulfill your personal dreams. My calling is to help you figure out how you can be a part of fulfilling God's dream. Oh yeah. I love those unsolicited expressions of enthusiasm did you know that god has a dream and do you know what his dream is jesus showed his dream the fulfillment of it to john the apostle now look jesus's dream is not a pipe dream it's not one that he talks about that never comes to pass it's not one that he's going to give up on a quarter of the way through the month of january right? Like my daughter said, yeah, you know what? I'm, I, I, I'm going to get a gym membership, but I'm going to wait till the end of January so it all clears out. Okay. Jesus's dream is not going to peter out. His dream is going to come to pass. Your question is, are you going to be a part of it? The beautiful thing is we have a picture of this dream and I want you to look at it with me this morning. John or Revelations chapter seven, verses nine through 17. After this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count. Now, now stop for a second. For those of you who may not know, this is the apostle John. This is John. He was a teenager. Jesus said, come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. So John starts following Jesus. This is after, this is when Jesus had died, rose from the dead, goes to heaven. John is an old man at this time. He's been, he's been put out on the island of Patmos. He's been exiled just to get rid of him. This Jesus follower, this fanatic, this freak, this apostle. He's, he's a nuisance to the Roman government. Let's get rid of him. 
And so they put him out of this island. And Jesus shows up. The resurrected Christ appears to John. That's how the book of Revelation, the last book in the Bible, starts. And he shows John the future. So we're reading the future, our future. After this, I saw a great, a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation. Everybody say every nation. This message today is going to crack open a brand new revelation, a brand new series, a brand new theme for us at the Gathering Place Church and for our online community. We're going to crack this open, and next week we're starting a new series called None Too Far. There's not one person too far for Jesus' reach. He says, I saw, look what John saw in the future. This is happening. This is coming from every nation. Everybody say every nation and tribe and people and language standing in front of the throne and before the lamb. Oh man. How many of you want that to happen like today? Huh? Come on. They were clothed in white robes, held branches in their hands, and they were shouting with a great roar. I mean, we had a good time in here this morning during worship, huh? But man, that was just pathetic compared to what we are going to be hearing and being a part of in heaven. A vast number that can't even be counted with a great roar. Oh my gosh, it's going to be awesome to be in there. And what what is the roar? Salvation comes from our God. And he who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. In that moment, if you're in this crowd, this group who ends up here, the roar is salvation comes from our God. Not from anyone else, not from anywhere else, not from ourselves. In that moment, it's going to be crystal clear what this was all about and who is the only one that can save human beings and they are enraptured with the reality we were on the cusp of spending eternity without god and then he and the lamb saved us I mean, it's going to go on forever, all of eternity. It's a, I mean, some, you know, this right here is just a precursor. This is a warm-up right here. We're just warming up for heaven. And all the angels were standing, all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living beings, and they fell before the throne with their faces to the ground and worshiped God. What we are living down here is just pathetic. We think it's awesome. The greatest, you know, multimedia presentation, the greatest rock concert, the greatest movie, the greatest wealth or success or whatever it is we have or, you know, Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright and whatever. Greatest vacation. It is just all fallen. It is all just like black and white. It is, it's broken. This, the angels fall on their face. They can't help it. I've had encounters with Christ on this side of heaven that were like a second long and put me on my face for three days. Like I got a glimpse of him once in his glory, walking through the streets of Jerusalem. And I saw this this white train of glory just going behind him, going through the crowd. And I literally just... It, it, it undid me for three days. That's just a tiny little t- of what's coming. The elders, the angels, the beasts in heaven, whoever they are, just all fell down with their faces to the ground and worshiped God. They, they sang, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom. And think, you guys want to warm up with me? You want to warm up for heaven? Come on, let's do this, all right? You ready? We're going to start with amen. Let's go. Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and strength belong to our God forever and ever. Amen. 
There's a little tiny warm-up. Then one of the 24 elders asked me, who are those who are clothed in white? Where do they come from? And I said, sir, you're the one who knows. Then he said to me, these are the ones who died in the great tribulation. They've washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb and made them white. It's hard to follow Jesus on this side of heaven. You're going to be, uh, you're going to be excluded, left out, isolated, mocked, ridiculed, in other countries, imprisoned, tortured, killed. But it is all, I'm going to say it again, it is all going to be worth it when you get there. It, it may not seem like it now to be the odd person out, not being invited to the party. You're at work, right? And they're all going to go have lunch, but they don't want you around because you're the Christian. Or like when I was in sales and all the sales reps are going to go down to that place down there. They just stopped inviting me because they know I'm not going to that place with you. It's weird. It's awkward. I get it totally. But you know what? My mind is always on this. And my mind's always on getting them here. That is why they stand in front of God's throne and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne will give them shelter. They'll never again be hungry or thirsty. They'll never be scorched by the heat of the sun. The Lamb on the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of life-giving water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. I have two questions for you today when we're talking about being a part of the fulfillment of God's dream. Number one. Are you going to be in that crowd? The only way you can be in that crowd is if you give your life to Jesus Christ. You can't earn your way to heaven. The Bible says riches will not profit in the day of judgment. The Bible says you will live one time, then you will die, then you'll be judged. And if you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, then your sins have not been forgiven, and you will have to pay for your own sins, which is uh, eternal separation from God. The only way you can get saved, Mark, Tell me if I'm quoting this right. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 2 is, for salvation is a gift from God, right? It is by grace and grace alone. Not of works, lest anyone could boast. Get to heaven and say, God, look at me. Aren't you impressed? He's not going to be impressed. He's impressed with the blood of his son that came down that cross for your sins. And if you will simply ask Jesus into your life, confess your sins and say, I need you, Jesus. My say, which I did when I was 19 years old, your sins are completely forgiven and you're made brand new. That's how you end up in that crowd. Second question Are you going to help anyone else be a part of that crowd? Or are you just happy being in the boat and now you're just going to get busy doing your own thing? Are you going to be a selfish Christian, hoarding your salvation for yourself? my four no more. Now that I've gotten saved and I'm in the boat, I'm safe. Now I'm just going to go to work. I'm going to play my sports. I'm going to play my video games. I'm going to hang out with my friends. I'm not going to tell my unsafe friends about Jesus because, you know, they might reject me. So I'm just going to play it safe and I'm going to get there and everything is going to be cool. Or, or are you going to be a part of God's dream? God gives dreams. But God's dreams will always be connected to God's dream. God's dreams that he gives to you, the God dreams will always be connected to God's dream. He gave Joseph a dream when he was a teenager. That all the stars will be bowing down to him. The the moon and the sun. That's his mom and his dad and all his brothers. He had a dream. What was the fulfillment of that dream? Was it so that Joseph could prosper and He just gets wealthy and famous and that's the end of his life? That was the whole purpose? Just to get wealthy? No. God's dream that he gave to Joseph was to fulfill God's dream, which was to rescue his people from famine and from oppression. God gave Moses a dream. What was? Why would God give Moses a dream? To deliver his people from bondage. When God gives you a dream, it is so you can be a part of his dream. All the little goals, the inspirations, the ideas, the thoughts, the passions that God puts in your hearts is to help you be, so that you can be a part of his dream. 
Thank you. I got one. I got one disciple. Listen, we live in America and we're all about the American dream, but that is not the gospel. If you live for the American dream instead of God's dream, you're going you're gonna to get to this place. And if you make it, you're going to like, I wasted my life. This was what it was all about. I want to turn around and see hundreds of faces that were there partially because I lived for them to be part of that crowd. Come on. Do you. It doesn't matter what you're doing. A student, an athlete, a businessman, businesswoman, a mom, a dad, a teacher, a lawyer, a friend, wherever you are in life. God's going to be giving you dreams that are going to help you advance His kingdom on the planet and draw people into His kingdom so they can be part of that crowd. I remember when I was in business here before I was was in ministry. And our dream was to get out of debt. That was like the biggest dream we had. We were going under. There was no hope. My brother was laying in bed all day because he was just like paralyzed with anxiety and panic and taking nine extra strength Tylenol capsules a day for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks just so his head wouldn't split open because we were failing and going under. I was the only employee uh, in the company trying to save this thing and nobody was buying what we had to offer. And then I heard a message on tithing and I'd never heard that before and I thought, well, that okay, but I don't have any money, but okay. And so I decided I was going to do it, but I didn't have any money. And just the fact I made that commitment in my heart, the next week I made more sales than the two previous two months combined. I was like, what? What? What just happened? Well, God was getting involved. And then he gave my brother a dream that I was going to be the top salesman in the United States of America for a multi-million dollar corporation. Now that is just so ridiculous. And again, you remember, my skill set was causing us to go bankrupt. So this, I'm not saying I'm wonderful. And our dream was to not go bankrupt. That was the extent of our dream. Do you know what God's dream was? That he would prosper so much that we would be a blessing to the kingdom of God. And, and fighting against the ministries, which is exactly what happened. By the end of the year, I was the top salesman in the nation. And God was pouring out his blessings on us people business uh, presidents and vice presidents from our competitors were flying in from around the country to find out what we were doing because we were destroying industry records that had been held for 50 years and we would just say well we've submitted our business to god he's our he's our financial partner i have so many amazing stories there but the 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 great the, the fun thing was The dream that God gave to us was so much bigger than just not going broke. It was to be a blessing. And then it became so much fun. It was like, God, we want to give this much money to that ministry. So we're asking you for that many sales. And then it was, bam, they would come in. It was so much fun. Or like this lady in our congregation, the single mom, came up to me and said, Pastor John, I was on staff. I was doing both business and ministry at that time. I was bivocational. Would you, I, I'm desperate. I need, I need tires for my car, and they're $400. Would you pray for me? And I said, no. She said, what? I just got out my checkbook and said, here's $400 for your tires. She's like, oh, my gosh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's like, you know, to her, it was like rocking her world. For me, it was just simply 400 bucks was nothing because God taught me the purpose of prosperity. It isn't to buy more stuff and to take more vacations. I love nice things, and I go on vacation. I mean, hey, it's all good. But if that is your purpose in life, you're missing out on God's dream. One time the Lord told me to give $1,000. I hope you understand this isn't about me. I'm telling you about God and you and being a part of His dream. He told me to give the uh, associate pastor uh, of the church $1,000. I couldn't. <laughs> for those of you don't, for those of you don't know who just popped off, that was the associate pastor of this church. I'm talking about the pastor of the other church. I couldn't wait to give him a thousand bucks. And the next day, I gave it to him. And you know what? He, that day, 
his tuition was due, he was getting his master's in systematic theology to advance his, his ministry education. And he was $1,000 short. He was not going to be able to go into the next semester. It is fun being a part of God's dream to advance his kingdom. And he is limitless. I have a friend I was just, uh, I spent some time with this week and he's a commercial real estate agent. And he said that he is dedicating a large portion of his time helping advance the kingdom of God, helping advance churches, helping them prosper. It's taking time away from his sales and they're his colleagues are making a lot more money than he is. And it looks like he's being left behind. And they're even asking him like, how come you're not, you know, producing more? And you know, he, he, he looks like he's falling behind, but you know what the truth is? He's getting way ahead. Jesus said, do not store up wealth for yourself here on earth where moth corrupts and thief approaches and steals, but store for yourself treasures where in heaven. And that's what he's doing. Mark Twain said the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you know why you were born. I say the two most important days of your life is the day you were born again and the day you figure out why you were born again. And that's what I'm talking to the church about today. Why you were born again. It's not to sit in church. That's not why you were born again. It's to change the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's a lot of talk about success, but significance is much better than success. Success is, you know, you make all the money you can, you, you, you can all you get, and you sit on the can, you know. So you have, you have stuff, you know. That is not success. Significance is when you make a difference in other people's lives. You make a mark on the earth. But I want to say this, that's not even what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about being significant on earth. I'm talking about being significant in heaven. Every prayer you pray, every dollar you give, every person you witness to, every person you bring to church, every person you care about and help. Jesus said the goats and the sheep, right? I was in prison. I was naked. I was hungry. And you came and took care of me. That's significance on the other side of heaven. Somebody's preaching today, by the way. Did you notice somebody's preaching today? All right. I mean, look, we can think that this world is all there is and act like it and believe like it and, and, and live like it. But you know, one of my daughters, well, now I have three, so you won't know which one I'm talking about. And so they're just going to just poker face right now. And then they won't know which one said this. Just horrendous what I'm about to tell you. Oh. Hope says, Betty White died. And one of my daughters said, who's Betty White? And I looked at Hope and I said, honey, when, when the next generation has to ask who Betty White is, that proves what the Apostle James says, that your life is like a vapor. We think, and young people, you know what, when, when you used to be interviewed, the generation before you was interviewed, what do you want to be when you grow up? An astronaut, a doctor, a lawyer, Right? Something that's significant and helpful. You know what it is today? I want to be a YouTube sensation. I want to be popular. I want to be famous. I want to be rich. It's completely, the value system has completely changed. I'm telling you that if you live for that and your life is over, nobody's going to remember you at all. And then you're going to show up in heaven. It's like, what did you do for the king? Who did you tell about about Jesus so they can have their sins forgiven and end up in this crowd. I want to challenge you. Do not waste another year of your life on personal pursuits. Secondary, temporary things. I'm not saying you can't do these things, but they cannot be your primary purpose. This is what happened to the church over the last couple of years. We've been knocked off our primary purpose. It's been about race. It's been about politics. It's been about mandates. It's been about all these other things, all these voices, all, all these other temporary, earthly, secondary, thirdly, fourthly, fifthly issues. 
In the meantime, people were going to heaven or hell. People dying all over the place. I believe when somebody asked me this, this week, what is Jesus going to do in 2022? This is what I believe. I believe he is restoring the church to save the world. Don't you think the devil has been involved in getting our eyes off the gospel? This is what we're going to spend. This is what we're going to spend. Oh, I love that. That's great. That's second generation. Amen. Amen. I say absolutely to your amen. Anyway, do I, do I hear a, do I, do I hear a praise the Lord on that? Absolutely to that. Amen. Do I hear a praise the Lord? On... <laughs> I double amen your amen. You know, it's a lot easier to pastor a dead church, right? Nothing's going on. You guys, pastoring an on-fire church is a lot more difficult, isn't it, Mark? Look, I believe, I believe that Jesus is restoring his church right now so that we can get back on mission. When they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus. I believe we have been blinded by the perfect storm that hit the planet over the last couple of weeks, the last couple of years. And they begged him to touch the man and heal him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, which is interesting do that today it'll be excoriated you know what they're doing up at that church they're spitting on people during covid jesus spit on the dude's eyes then laid hands on him and said can you see anything now this is the son of god praying that's why we ask what do you feel what do you see What's happening with you? When we pray for you here, we say, what's going on? We want to know what the Holy Spirit's doing. Because we believe He's going to be doing something. This is Jesus spitting, laying hands, then asking. Anything happening? Jesus asking, is anything happening since I've laid my hands on you? So it's okay to ask people if anything's happening as you're praying for them. And what happened here? The man looked around and said, yes. And he said, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Maybe that's the way you are when it comes to people. Just be honest. Come on. We're all navel-gazing. We all care about our, ourselves. We care about our life. We care about my four no more. We care about my business. care about uh, whatever it might be. care about just my life. But you see people all over the place. I mean, we live, we live in a city of about three million people. We walk by them all the time. And if we'd be honest, they're like trees to us. They're just there. They're, they're kind of insignificant or they're in my way, right? Like, or that you're annoying me. I don't like you. Well, I like you, but I, I don't like you. I used to like you. I don't like you anymore. I was looking at you when I said that anymore, but that wasn't about you. Okay. We, we, we don't see people the way Jesus sees people. And that has to change. Church, I'm talking to you right now. Church, I'm talking to you right now. We have to see people the way Jesus sees people. Or we will never be able to be part of God's dream. I'm talking about the people not only that you don't like, I'm talking about the people you hate. I'm talking about the people that you don't even care if they can make it to heaven or not. And the ones that you hope don't. These are the people I'm talking to you about. Jesus died for every single one of them. Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. You might think, look, I, you know, I, I don't really care. Honestly, I don't really care about what you're preaching right now. That, that's really my condition. My heart, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not passionate about the lost. Well, that 
needs to change, and there's only one who can change it. And his name is? So I'm going to close with this last passage, and then we're going to pray, and we're going to ask the Lord. This is just an introductory, hey, uh, let's be a part of God's dream message. And now we're going to launch into it for the next whoever knows how long until we get the heart of Jesus for our neighbors and our family members and our work associates and our teammates and our classmates who are not yet in that crowd. Do we care? Jesus appears to John and says, write this letter to the angel of the church in Laodicea. Now, I'm going to apply this to the church of San Diego. And may it not be the gathering place church. Write this letter, Jesus says, to his own church. Laodicea is one of Jesus' churches. He says, write this letter. So John's now dictating a letter from Jesus Christ to his church. It could have been us in Laodicea. If we were, if we, if we were back then, gathered like this back then, this letter could be sent to us from Jesus Christ himself. So we have to... We have to apply it to ourselves. This is the message from the one who is the amen, the faithful, and the true witness, the beginning of God's new creation. I know all the things you do, first of all, and that you are neither hot nor cold. I could wish that you were one or the other. Have any of you ever like, like I like my, I like my food and my drinks hot. Like always. Dinner's made, you know where I'm headed? To the microwave. I take whatever's made and then I make it hotter. I like my food hot. I don't like eating, you know, lukewarm burritos. I like those things piping hot. Or coffee? How many of you ever, like, try to drink a tepid cup of coffee, right? Not iced coffee, not hot coffee. Just lukewarm coffee, right? Yeah, that's what Jesus is saying about us if we're lukewarm. When it comes to his dream of his church being a part of saving the world. That's what he's literally saying here. Uh, I wish you were hot or cold, but since you are lukewarm, neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You're useless to my dream. But you say, I'm rich. I have everything I want, and I don't need a thing. It is so dangerous. Listen to me, church. I'm preaching now. It is so dangerous to have all your needs met and all of your wants fulfilled. Because prosperity and complacency will rob you of your divine destiny. That is why we fast and pray for 21 days. Nobody wants to do that. Your flesh doesn't want to not eat. It's like, oh my gosh, fasting, not eating food. What's that about? That is to strip us from our complacency and lethargy and indifference to the things of God. Our flesh wants to be entertained. I need the new and the best. I need, oh, I've got to see that movie. i got to play that game. Oh, I want to go on that vacation. Oh, I've got to buy those clothes. And, and, and we're, just, we're just, you know, glitter and glitz and, oh, entertainment and sensation and, you know, stimulate me. I'm going to tell you something straight out. I've been pastoring now for 35 years. If you are a bored Christian, I promise you, I know for a fact, you are not trying to lead anybody to the Lord. You cannot be on the battlefield of souls and be bored. But if your whole existence is just going to church on Sunday mornings, and then you kind of do your own thing throughout the week, and you don't see your workplace, your school, your friends as your mission field, then you're not even in the game. You're sitting on the bench. Well, anybody will get bored sitting on the bench. Like my son, he was, a, he was a senior in high school, but he was sitting on the varsity bench in volleyball. Halfway through the season, he's like, I could be doing something better with my time. I'm out. That will happen to you if all you do is come to church and just sit here and listen to sermons. At one point, you're saying, I'm out. I'm bored. Have you led anybody to Jesus lately? Have you shared your faith? Have you risked your reputation or a friendship because you care more about your friend's salvation than your comfort and your security? I'm just asking. (laughs) And Jesus says, and you don't even realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. This is Jesus talking to his church. 
Okay, Laodicea was a banking, a banking city. They were wealthy. They also produced this black wool, shiny wool substance that they made carpets and draperies and, and textile out of. So they had industry. And there was also a famous medical school in Laodicea where they pr- produced this eye salve that helped heal your eyesight. So they were self-sufficient. They were wealthy. They were comfortable. And they were a church. And Jesus said, you don't even realize that you're wretched and miserable. That's your soul condition. And poor. You can be wealthy in the natural and poor in the spiritual. And blind and naked. He hit them at all three points of their security. Because he's trying to wake them and shake them so they can be a part of his dream again. So I advise you, he says, to buy gold from me. Gold that's been purified in the fire. What does that mean? Step out of your comfort zone and start making a difference for Jesus. Risk your friendships and your reputation by presenting Jesus to somebody in some way, somehow, and the way you live and the message you share. Maybe you'll be persecuted. Well, that's called your faith purified by fire. That's what he's talking about here. Then you will be rich. Also buy white garments from me. Talking about the garments that they make in that city. Buy white garments from me so that you will not be ashamed of your nakedness. In other words, come back to me. Rededicate yourself to me. And I will clothe you in my righteousness. Because you can be successful in the world and unsuccessful with God. And anoint your eyes. And anoint ointment for your eyes so that you will be able to see. They had medical advancement. They were getting physically well and healed, but they were spiritually sick. He says, I correct and discipline everyone I love. Watch this. We're coming to a close here. We're going to come to a time of impartation. So be diligent and turn from your, say it out loud. Bella, you know that vision you had this morning when we were in pre-service prayer, you saw an arrow going into the heart? That's it right there. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is saying to us at the Gathering Place Church and those online, anybody else listening or watching this, turn from your indifference to Jesus and to His dream of getting as many people as He can into that crowd. Turn from your indifference look i stand at the door and knock what door is he knocking on no yeah the church which is our hearts yes yes and yes he's knocking on the door of the church he's not even in that church he says look pay attention Wake up! I'm standing at the door of your church, and I, the Son of God, am knocking on the door of the church. If you will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and I will share a meal together as friends. It's like Jesus wasn't even in his own church. It's like dads, moms, like not even being allowed in your own home. The other day, Josiah and I came home from somewhere. He got into the house before I did, and he turned around and he locked the door. And he's looking at me through the window in the front door. Ha, 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 I'm out here knocking on the door of my own house. And of course, I threatened him to the inch of his life, which is why he opened the door. Those who are victorious will sit with me in my throne. Those who are victorious overcome in your indifference, your lethargy, your fear, your personal pursuits. Those who are victorious, overcoming persecution and rejection for being a Christian, preaching the gospel, having a kingdom value system in our post-Christian, post-modern world where you're becoming a smaller minority of Christians, those who are victorious, it's a battle, will sit with me on my throne, come on, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear 
must listen to the Spirit and understand what He is saying to the churches. I'm going to read that again because it's, it's for you. It's for me. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what He is saying to the churches. My prayer for us this year is that the Gathering Place Church will not be the Laodicea Church. That we will not be a church that is indifferent to the lost, broken people all around us every day. I'm not saying jump on everybody and hold them down to the ground and shove the gospel down their throat. What I am saying is, let's ask the Lord to open our eyes and open our hearts to see and feel what He feels and sees for every single person on the planet. So Josh, if you guys would come back up here, and I want to lead us through a couple of prayers. And I would love for you to play that song again, uh, Caught Up in Your Presence. Because this church had lost the sight of Jesus Christ Himself. He wasn't even in their church. They lost sight of Him through their wealth and through their personal pursuits. They lost sight of Jesus. Some of you need to come back to Jesus again. Some of you need to come to Jesus for the first time in your life. If you will just turn your life over to Jesus right now, just say to Him, I need you. I need my sins forgiven. And turn your life over to Him. In a moment, in an instant of time, His Spirit's going to come upon you. Like right where you are, right now. Your sins are going to be completely forgiven and you're going to feel this burden just roll off your soul. You're going, to feel, you're going to feel lighter than air. You're going to feel His peace come into you. Then He's going to breathe His Spirit into you and you're going to be what Jesus calls born again. Others of you need to come back to Jesus. Rededicate yourself to Him all over again at the beginning of this year and not just to Him as your personal savior for the forgiveness of your sins but for you to say I want to be a part of your dream I want my life to be about fulfilling your dream if that's you I want you to stand on your feet right where you are and let's let's do this together for the kingdom of God if you are ready to say I want my life to primarily be about fulfilling God's dream. I want you to stand on your feet. Everything I am, everything I have, Jesus, I'm coming to you, my King, my God. Forgive me for making my life all about me. Now it's all about you. And I want to say this to you as you're in this posture of dedicating yourself to the Lord. You will not, I'm going to say this from the Holy Spirit, you will not have to worry about your personal dreams and desires and needs. Because when you put Jesus first and His kingdom, Jesus promised, I will add all of these other things to you. I am living proof of that. Jesus said, come, buy gold from me, a white robe from me, eye salve from me. Let's come to Jesus. You've got to see him fresh and new to have the zeal for his vision, for his dream, for his purposes. Now ask the Lord, pray this prayer out loud with him and say, Jesus, restore my sight. So I can see you. Now the Holy Spirit is going to be doing this. It's not just a prayer. Pray it again. Say, Jesus, restore my sight to see you and to see people like you do. Lost, broken, in need of salvation.
pray this prayer. Say, Lord, break my heart the way yours is broken for the broken. And this final prayer, say, Lord Jesus, help me make your primary passion my primary passion.
just want you nothing else nothing else nothing else will do I just want you nothing else nothing else nothing else will do I just want you Nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. Oh, nothing else will do, Lord. It's just you. sermon to do the work that's necessary it can but I want us to continually give our hearts to the Lord Every day, starting right now on this, Lord, show me how I can be a part of your dream. I'm telling you, it's the, it's, it's the gospel, it's the kingdom of God. It will revolutionize your life. He will, start, he will start communicating with you. And you're going to find the joy of being a part of God's vision and God's dream. And then he's going to do some special things for you that you didn't even expect. You know, oh my gosh, this is what Jesus was talking about. Seek first my kingdom and all these things will be added to you. And so over the next 30 days or so, 60 days, we're going to allow the Lord to continue to sow into our hearts His vision for His kingdom because the world needs the church now more than ever. And I'm going to ask the prayer teams if you'll come up here. If you need physical healing in your body, you need a miracle, if you want them to lay hands on you, they may have a prophetic word for you, the words of knowledge, gifts of, gifts of the Spirit, words of prophecy words of wisdom, gifts of faith. We believe that the Lord still does these things today, and so we like to make room for those. Um, so prayer teams, you slip out from your chairs, come out up front here. Um, maybe you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit before, speaking in other tongues. You know, to speak in a heavenly prayer language to the Lord, operate in supernatural power. If, if, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, come on up and let them pray over you. Um, if you have somebody that you know needs a miracle, and you want these prayer teams to agree with you, um, you can come up as well. If you've never given your life to Jesus before, come up and let them pray with you. But, um, so, Happy New Year. <laughs> Amen. We're going to continue to worship, but, oh, hey, uh, Christian and uh, Isabel. Okay. Guard the door over there. Don't let people leave without giving them Without them giving you their 30-second, how has Jesus changed your life since you came to the Gathering Place Church? It's not about our church. It's about Him. But the proof is in the pudding. We believe Jesus is changing lives here at the church. And we want to get your quick testimony on what that has meant to you. So they're going to get that testimony. And then this Saturday coming up, we're going to do the volunteer appreciation breakfast. This place is going to be so much fun. It's going to be so awesome. So, amen. All right. Hey, Josh, you got that song, Left, Left, Right, Right? Going to the left, going to the right? Huh? Actually, it is on the list. I know. That's what I'm asking for. <laughs> All right, come on. Let's liven this place up a little bit. Here we go. All right, God bless you guys. So great to have you. You need prayer? Come on up front. They're going to pray over you. Otherwise, I'll see you guys Saturday at the Appreciation Breakfast. And next Sunday, as we continue the series, None Too Far.
I've got a river. Oh, I've got a river of living water, a fountain that never will run dry. It's an open heaven, you're releasing, and we will never be denied. Let's stir it up. Cause it's stirring up deep, deep wells Stirring up deep, deep waters We're gonna dance in the river Dance in the river Stirring up deep, deep wells Stirring up deep, deep waters We're gonna jump in the river Jump in the river Deep cries out to deep cries out to you cries out, deep cries out to you, we cry out, we cry out to you, Jesus, deep cries out, deep cries out, deep cries out to you, deep cries out, deep cries out to you, we cry out, we cry out to you, Jesus, I've got a river, I've got a river, a living water, a fountain, that never will run dry Oh, it's an open heaven You're releasing Come on. And we will never be denied Cause we're stirring up deep, deep wells Stirring up deep, deep waters We're gonna dance in the river Dance in the river Cry out to you, we cry out, we cry out to you, Jesus. 